Hi there, and welcome to Campus Connections. I'm your host, Ashley Tem, and this show is by and for people who are in the education field. The hope is these conversations will allow leaders to hear and voice different opinions, perspectives, and philosophies to cultivate a better future. This week's special guest is a longtime friend of mine, Chelsea Chastain. Chelsea is a creative encourager and higher education professional who lives in Joshua Tree, California. She has such a passion for helping students and is always someone that others can come to and count on. Chelsea can't wait to continue to change the world one person and one day at a time. Here is Chelsea Chastain. Chelsea, I would love if you can say a little bit about yourself. Well, firstly, Ashley, thank you so much for welcoming me on your new adventure. I think this is such an awesome place to connect, but also to be able to just talk about, you know, our history and our past. I mean, I'm so grateful that Alpha Delta Pi brought us together and you inspire me in so many ways. I could literally list the number of reasons on multiple hands and multiple toes, right? Like you are such an inspiration to me and like has, have been such a force in my life. So I'm so grateful to be able to continue and grow and foster our relationship through this awesome likewise (laughs) speaking um so geez the journey started like almost 10 years ago which is kind of crazy to think about um so I started when I started working on campus at Cal State San Bernardino so I worked for the California Arts Project as a student assistant which was a whole lot of like documenting and paperwork (laughs) not really even paperwork I would say like busy work. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And from there, um, I, of course, joined a sorority that brought us together. Um, Shout out to my 80 pies. I mean, I'm still a very proud advisor, which is super exciting and lots of fun. Awesome. Um, At my home, at our home chapter, which is just like the most nostalgic and beautiful experience that I'm super grateful for. Um, But I joined a sorority and then I started working at the student union at Cal State San Bernardino, and that was the coolest job I've ever had. And which is crazy to say, because I've worked in fashion, I've worked in music, I've worked, you know, I've worked for an educational nonprofit, um, and I've worked all over the country. And, like, I still love my experience at the Student Union because it showed me the power of possibility. And I think that's something that a lot of jobs don't necessarily foster. And, like, the Student Union made me realize that I could do whatever I wanted to do. And I could do it in a way that used both my creative mind but also my organizational mind. Also, throughout college, I worked in the fashion industry and we put on fashion shows for New York Fashion Week, LA Fashion Week, and all over the country, which was a blast. Following college, after working at the Student Union, I worked for City Year, which is a educational nonprofit in Los Angeles. They also have sites all over the country. But I worked in schools and in a school in East LA, and I worked like 60 hours a week, and I learned the value of hard work, and that was wild. Um, Wildly challenging, but wildly beautiful the fact that I learned like I learned the power of education at that job and I can not be more grateful for that Um, from there I moved to Lawrence Kansas and I was able to kind of grow my skills on the event management side again I um, worked at a dance studio um, which was really neat for a time and then eventually I came back to California 
um, about two and a half years later. And I worked for a casino and I worked in their entertainment department working around. Uh, I always say we were a showroom connected to a casino and not necessarily, a <laughs> casino ran organization because, you know, our world was all about the music and all about the show. Um, which was right and wonderful and great. Um, and then COVID happened and everything changed again. Right. I mean, in the blink of the eye, the casino was shuttered and my job had been completely phased out because, you know, we're in California and there's a lot of people and our showroom holds 2,500 people. So because of that, um, my job laid us all off, which although sad, I feel like was the best wake up call because I got to go back to working at a college I now work at a community college in the Joshua Tree area, and I love it. Um, so I'm the receptionist for the entire college, which um, can be kind of a crazy job because I get, you know, I'm the front lines for everything, but I really love mm -hmm. it. And I get to connect with all of my colleagues all over the college, and I can really see myself, you know, digging my heels in and growing and being able to really succeed on a higher level at a place that I absolutely love. So it's kind of a little bit about my own professional journey. Um, personally, um, I'm definitely growing as well. COVID has really given me the opportunity to slow down. Um, I've started selling clay earrings and I've built a beautiful life with my girlfriend, Christy, and my beautiful little kitty, Margot. And I'm just so proud of everything that we have built. And really, COVID has given me a time to slow down but also to like soak in and lean into the life that I love. And I'm just, you know, I'm very, very lucky. I have gratitude for it every day. I know that's not everyone's experience. And I'm just so grateful that I was able to really use this time to refine what I need, love, and want to do for the rest of my life. This experience is unique, right? Because we all were kind of set down paths that we thought we wanted to go down. And then life had other plans, right? Everything was shut down and everything as we knew it for the most part changed. Even going to the grocery store changed for us. And so you working in entertainment and being really hands-on, just being around individuals a lot, then had to basically kind of reset for a little bit and kind of just recenter, take a quick breath, and and then you kind of restarted back on the journey that is best in your heart. And I really, really admire that. Yeah, I mean, for the first couple months, it was a little scary because I was like, well, what do I do? You know, I love music. Sure. I loved working in entertainment. I mean, I really, really did love that. I loved the show nights and the energy and like the people. I'm definitely a people person. I mean, mm -hmm. I really thrive when I get to help people. So I got to do that every show night. I mean, I ran our box office. I you know, worked with our team and we really, you know, teamwork really made the dream work there. And like, it was a hard reality to like wake up one day and be like, okay, your job's been dissolved. And I was like, oh, okay. But it really gave me a chance to go back to my roots. And I, you know, I made a list of places that I would consider working in my local area. And I just went after it, you know, and I wasn't scared to start again. And I think there's such a feeling for starting again. Like I think starting fresh can be really intimidating, but I think it can be really liberating to be able to really step into your own power and say, like, at this point, I'm not just going to work somewhere that pays the bills. I'm going to work somewhere where I really enjoy working. And that was something that I really 
wanted to do. Like I didn't want to just go back to work. I wanted to work somewhere that I thought I could grow. I wanted to work somewhere where I thought I would be able to sow the seeds um, for my future. And it's so cool to feel like I'm doing that in real time. That is the most empowering feeling I've ever is to be able to feel like I'm taking my life into my own hands. That is something that we all strive towards, right? So I am so proud of you that you are going after what you want and that you have this fulfillment. And just speaking as a friend to you, you know, that really just makes my own heart feel so full to know that, you know, that the loved ones in my life are just going after what they want and are finding that peace and fulfillment. Yeah. And I feel like it's like one of those things that you kind of have to do a couple things to get to that point. Cause I think that as millennials, which I am totally proud of that title. I think some people, some people really like, Oh, that's a bad thing. And I'm like, Oh, I love being a millennial. Like I own it. Like I'm totally about my laughing emoji and my skinny dudes. I'm about, mm-hmm. so, and I'm not like ashamed of, it. like, I think it's funny that people are like making fun of us now. I'm like, yep. And I love, and I love it. Like there's no shame in my game. No, (laughs) but I think that I really, as a millennial had the opportunity to be able to jump around and kind of do a lot of different things before I really like am kind of settling into what I want to do forever. And I feel really proud of that because I think that I didn't just settle for what was what made me the most money, because if I if I settled for what made me the most money, I would probably be doing something else if I'd be working in fashion or I'd be working Mm -hmm. you know in production and then I saw that all completely disappear with COVID so I think that life is very intentional about the processes and the way that things happen for a reason and I feel really good about my process and about the way that life shook itself out like I never thought I would be in this place, I guess, at 28, which feels really surreal. But I really feel like I'm in a place where I'm proud and I'm just so sure of that I'm where I'm supposed to be. So that that foundational work, I think, is so important. And I think we don't encourage the idea of like finding your way through trying. I think people are like, find a good job, pay your bills. And all of that's important. But I think What's really important is finding your calling and like believing in your journey and saying, I'm going to try this for a year, a year and a half, two years. And if it's not for me, it's not for me. Nothing is set in stone except your mindset. And I think that's something that's really powerful and something that I wish someone had told me at 21. I think that's a great segue into our next kind of topic because you have found your calling and that is in the education field. So putting together all your experiences from undergrad to your experience in Kansas to even now, looking back, what are some key areas that are really expanding and growing in the education field that you see? Yeah. Um, you know, I think that the something I see, particularly in the education field, is an emphasis on health and wellness and mental health, which I think is super refreshing. I think about the early 2000s and like I think about like Britney Spears and how the media really tore her down and kind of ripped her apart for her mental health. And it really degraded the person that she was. So I'm really excited to see an emphasis on wellness as a person and not just like wellness as a, 
kind of as like a buzzword, but really like, you know, investing in student health and being able to really grow the programming around mental health as so it's destigmatized. So maybe going forward, we will be able to have open conversations and open dialogue around mental health, because I think that that's something that really in one way or another, maybe not personally, but like definitely in your own like sphere circle, um, mental health affects everyone. So I'm excited to really see that emphasis change. I think something else I'm really excited to see grow is like the digital modality. Cause I think that there was a lot of taboo or like nervousness around digital education. And I think that generally speaking, it's grown by leaps and bounds in the last year, year and a half, even before COVID, I think it was growing. But I think that at this point, we're really learning to be the masters of digital education, which opens the doors for an even better education for so many people, right? Like, you know, all those people who dream of going to like USC or like, you know, or a school, you know, my girlfriend's getting her master's at Columbia and she's doing so in Southern California because of the digital modality, which I'm so proud of. And the quality of her education has been amazing. So because of that, like, it really gives me hope for the future that we can open doors for people and for marginalized people in particular to be able to grow through the digital modality, to be able to open more opportunities for the people who need it most. Yes, I love that as well. Um, We're going to go back to the mental health topic as well in a sec, but just touching on the digital modality, I have... I'm not sure if it's the same with your community college, uh, excuse me, the college that you're at, but I feel like the age range has expanded as well, right? So not only are individuals wanting to go back to school or, you know, try schools from other states, but individuals that are older, you know, and are like, well, I never really thought about, you know, going to school because I have, you know, a full-time job, I've got kids, um, and I just have no time. And it's like, finally, they've got a lot more options than they ever did, right? And so I think that's really a beautiful thing that now it wasn't just like a few here and there that were already online, but maybe didn't have their major or maybe uh, wasn't cost efficient for them. Um, And now they've just got pretty much the whole world, right, offered to them because every school is offering online courses. So I think that is something that's really been maybe a shining light in some of this is the opportunities that have opened in the education field with virtual um, education. Yeah, I think it really offers people who need it most the opportunity to continue to grow their education. And I'm like a firm believer that education is the way. Like education is the path to help people take uh, control of their own destiny and not the only way for sure. Like everybody's journey is different, but I think that it really offers the opportunity to grow. And, and I think it's really given schools a test, like, you know, you can do this now. So there's really no reason why you shouldn't offer online classes like this. Why should this not be an, like an option beyond this fall? Like, I think it really offers a challenge to universities to meet the needs of our 21st century students. And that is really exciting to me because I think it's always been on the table, but it's never been a priority. And this has really shifted the focus to it becoming a priority and to being able to push the 
limits for what the future of education looks like. And that's so cool to me. And I mean, maybe we could have done it in a different way. Like maybe if COVID wasn't around, this would have been a little bit more, you know, practical or a less, less of a rush. But like, I also think it's really afforded opportunities that would have never been able to be there. And that's something to be really proud of. I completely agree with you. I think sometimes there's always a want, right? Like, oh, sure, that is in our task list to um, develop a wider remote learning initiative. And with everything else going on, life is happening, that kind of puts on the back burner. But with, you know, unfortunately, the pandemic, that really put that to the top of a lot of institutions, if not all, priority list. And so that really kind of lit that fire, you know, to to make sure that that is happening. And I don't think we'll ever go back to quote unquote normal. I think a lot of the online opportunities are here to stay, which is fantastic for all the future learners as well. Yeah. And I think it really speaks to our times. I mean, we like, I don't know, you know, smartphones and like the computer are the way, I mean, I, I, you know, I feel like every bill I get and, you know, every doctor's appointment I make is now online. And like, I don't really have a problem with that because I feel like our new generation coming up is going to say that's how I'm used to it. So I think that education is kind of in its own way, modernizing and being able, well, and there's so many more opportunities for people to which I think is really powerful. The idea that, you know, like on a Zoom, it's a lot easier to have a guest speaker rather, and it's a lot more cost efficient than it would be to invite someone to like speak to your class, right? Like say you have a criminal justice class and I mean, this is just an example, but if you want somebody from like the Department of Defense to give a talk, it's a lot more cost effective to have someone come on Zoom than it would be to have someone in your classroom that day. And it's equally as effective. I mean, what they said on Zoom and what they said in person, maybe the exact same thing. So I think that we're really modernizing in ways that are sustainable and cost effective, which is the backbone of the college education system, right? Is that we're always playing with the budget and we're trying to maximize opportunity for our students. That's wonderful. I think that is definitely a key area that is growing. I wanted to touch base a little bit back on your first one as well, mental health. Um, I am also a big supporter of de-stigmatizing, you know, mental uh, disabilities or, you know, having um, just needing extra support, truly, you know, during times of spiked anxiety or stress, anything like that, which a lot of students do, right? They have stress from exams, you know, anxiety from their group project, things like that. And I think higher education is really pushing for mental health to take care of these individuals because it's a, it's a growing time. A lot of individuals they come out right out of the gate from high school, right? Um, a majority. And so they're coming from their hometowns of, I know everyone because we've all kind of grown up together. You know, I just moved out of state potentially to a whole new life. And I'm just starting this 
big college or um, higher ed institution. And now I'm super stressed out and my mental health might be declining. So do you have maybe an example or two of kind of the best mental health initiatives that you have seen at maybe your own institution or others that you've noticed? Um, you know, I've seen a lot out there. Um, I know at my institution, we just started a telehealth program, which is, you know, available 24 hours a day to all of our core credit students as part of their resources available to them, which I really, really admire because like, you know, at the end of the day, mental health isn't about a nine to five. It's just the reality. Like mental health doesn't say, oh, it's five o'clock. This stops today. Um, so it's nice that we have a telehealth option to be able to offer that to a community where I live is pretty rural, you know, like the resources aren't super robust or available. I mean, the county has some here, which we're grateful for. I mean, and there could always be more. I mean, 100% behind that. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that it's really nice to offer a telehealth option because that really meets a student where they're at. Sure, you have to like log on to the website. But in logging into that website, that's a lot easier than like, say, having to schedule an appointment, have it be between nine to five and having to go somewhere where I live. It's not it's going to be a car ride like it's not a I don't live in a walkable city. Um, some other mm -hmm. wellness initiatives I've really seen is I've seen a lot of universities offer um, different apps and like just mindfulness, which I think is really cool as a part of their resources available to students is like mindfulness workshops or like access to mindfulness resources with two clicks on their website for their students. And I think really being able to have those at a fingertip touch makes all the difference when you're in that moment and you really need that like grounding activity, right? Like it really can bring you back into the moment. And I think that's something that is really accessible for a lot of institutions if the thought is out there because there's, there's apps, there's websites, there's so many other like ways to engage in mental health that doesn't necessarily have to be sitting with a therapist in a in a you know in a dark office with a notebook like I think it has a lot to do right. with preparedness and awareness and I think that's really really exciting is that we're seeing so much growth in this area yes I love that as well and I think you said it perfectly that it's hard to drive kind of out of your way to meet with someone for an hour and then make a trek all the way back. And I think maybe with this generation, we're a lot more comfortable behind a screen, right? When you go to someone's office and you don't know this individual and you kind of have to be vulnerable to say your feelings and what you're going through, that can be really scary and anxiety inducing in itself. And I think Having the kind of comfort of your phone helps in, in a way, right? Yeah, and I think it's more, it, and I think it's it's about creating equity, right? Like in, in access, like being able to say like, this is available to every student rather than just someone who like, who seeks it out after like trying to get from staff member to staff member to find the access, right? Like this is just something that's commonplace and available to everyone. And that by itself is incredible. Yes, I love equitable access to all, especially for mental health. Because like you said, it's not a nine to a five. Sometimes even it's the 
like after hours where it hits us the most. So I'm really glad that you guys are offering telehealth 24 seven for your students, mental health yeah, and, and physical health. I mean, that's the thing is like, it's, it's mental health. Sure. But like, it's also, you know, they, if they need to see a doctor, they have a cold, they have, you know, they have a concern. Like that's something that, you know, I myself have encountered the frustration of living in a rural area and trying to get a doctor's appointment. It's just not always, you know, it's not always one call away. It's, Oh, we can see you in three weeks in two days and then you need to come at like you know right at we, when we open at 8 a.m and we can try and like i mean that's the reality of living in a rural community but it doesn't have to be like that right no definitely i think that's where we really need to focus on because in the city it's not saying that individuals living in the city have less support or people in this rural areas excuse me have less support but they don't have as many right and so i think having a app or something to where they can use a one click system log in and they have that versus you know individuals in the city they can just see a lot of individuals like on a, on a corner, right? Like in a corner complex, they've got seven people that are all focusing in psychology and therapy versus in rural areas. There might not be that many. So creating this equitable app really has changed the game. Yeah, I completely. What other key areas do you feel are making such an impact in the education field right now? That's a good question. I think that there's a lot in flux. I'm very curious as to see what comes next. I think that innovation is key. Um, I think I'm really excited to be able to see more career focused and CTE, you know, career and technical education initiatives. I think that we're seeing a lot of interest, at least for us, in, you know, careers like that, which is really super exciting to see the the growth in that area, because I think that, you know, we need people who want to be nurses and who want to be mechanics and who want to be able to work in a technical space, um, you know, things like IS. IS is growing, you know, information technology and information systems are a growing field where we really, really need more people. So it's exciting. And solar, you know, we, sustainability and solar is something that's growing every single day. And I would say on every campus, and that just makes me feel like we are looking out for our future generations. And that's not something that was really prevalent when I was in school. So I'm really excited to see the push to go green because that's something that higher education could really pave the path. I, I think that's wonderful. And we really need to focus on renewable energy and taking care of our planet because I feel like a lot of organizations and even bigger corporations are shifting their focus to finding um, either electric or solar. So these higher ed institutions, why not also shift towards that when you have multiple buildings, you know, that are having multiple floors. You know, I remember our um, alma mater, the library had, I think, like five, five, six floors and, you know, so many lights running this building. So why not let's shift to a go green mentality? 
Right. And like, you know, and really be the, you know, lead the charge. I mean, I think that that's the thing is like higher education have the ability to be the leaders in this area and really like, you know, not only in teaching the ways, but also being conscious of their own ways in terms of energy and being able to have their campuses really focus on the idea of creating a better tomorrow. And I think that that's something that's exciting to see because not only do they have access to cutting edge technology because of their, the vastness of their situation, but they also have the ability to really grow the ideas and see them come to life. And that's really cool. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. If you could share one piece of advice for an aspiring higher ed professional, someone that maybe might not be in the education field yet, but is looking into it, um, or maybe someone that is in an entry-level position and is trying to work their way up that quote-unquote career ladder, right? What would you say to them? I mean, firstly, I think I would say in solidarity right with you. Um, I feel those feelings and I understand (laughs) and like, Um, entry level doesn't make you less than trust me and I definitely have a voice as an entry level team member which is fun and exciting and also very 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 me if anybody knows me personally Mm -hmm. I carry my voice wherever I go Um, and I'm very proud of that (laughs) Um, but in general I think don't be scared to try um, because I think that Generally speaking, um, being open to trying new things is going to open more doors, maybe doors that you like and maybe doors that like aren't a great fit, but like you don't know that until you try. So I would encourage you to seek and be able to really find something that works for you and then work really hard for it. Like don't ever back down from something that feels good and aggressively you know, and I'm not scared of the word aggressive. I mean, people are like, oh, be assertive. And I'm like, yeah, like be assertive. But like, you need to being aggressive isn't a bad thing, if it's really what you want. So I would say, follow your passion and don't stop until you've found something that feels good to you all the time. If there's something that you don't like, it's there's something that you do like, use your voice, let's let us know how you feel, because feedback is always valuable in higher education. And we can always be better. And we would love to hear from students. And I think that finding genuine feedback is not a simple task for a higher education professional. So when you have the ability to voice your opinion or you have, you feel strongly about something, bring it to someone, anyone on your campus. Um, People want to hear you out and people want to help you. So let us be a resource to you. Yes, exactly. Well, Chelsea, it has been a pleasure. Thank you so, so much for joining me today. I hope that was as much fun for you as it was for me. Um, I loved hearing your outlook on the education field and as always love hearing about your journey. Um, Is there anything that you want to kind of end with any last notes or comments? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think that just, you know, following your heart and doing what you believe in is most important. And just generally speaking, I think that, you know, everybody is looking to find their own piece of happiness. And I hope that, in this episode, you find something that struck you and you're able to continue your journey with a little bit more knowledge or joy. Um, I think that's really, really important. But generally speaking, do great things, have a lot of fun and create it yourself. Well, that is it for another episode of Campus Connections. 
If you enjoyed this show, please make sure to subscribe and leave a review here wherever you are listening. Until next time. 